Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 429. Oh my gosh, that's one less than 430. (laughs) One of these days you're just going to stop. No, I will never stop because I know you love it. (laughs) I don't know if I... Come up with some other creative, like, hi, it's me, Lynn. Everyone knows. Everyone knows it's me, Tony. There's only ever been one consistent female on this podcast, and it's Lynn's. If you're hearing a female voice, it's most likely Lynn's. I mean, that is very true. That's very true. Uh, there, you know, we didn't get into a lot of things, but we talked a good deal of some comic books. Yeah, you talked a great deal of some comic books. Trying to earn my keep here. Events, etc. I got into some Swamp Thing action. X-Men. I'm going to mess up the Penultimate. Penultimate. Some Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Some news? Yeah. Yeah. Question mark? No, there wasn't that much. But, you know, sit back for, for everything that we talked about this week. Grab a, a nice uh, fall beverage. Mm-hmm. Enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 429. No news means good comic reviews. Everything's fine. We're Everything fine. is awesome. <laughs> Everything is cool when you're part of a team. This is not news, but I just watched it and I'm very excited. I watched the trailer for the new Animaniacs. You, I was made, that, say you made me think of that by singing that for some reason. but <laughs> I was going to bring up, we can just talk about it right now. Okay. So good. <laughs> it was so good. Oh my God. Like, the Jurassic Park reference was just on point. So on point. I loved it so much. Yeah. And then the guy said, we're going to make billions and <laughs> my, uh, the Ian Malcolm the you, my god you did it, <laughs> it was and we so have good. Pinky in the Brain too Pinky in the Brain like I am looking forward to that yeah. Animaniacs was such a great show It's I've tried to rewatch it a couple times and it's just as an adult it's really hard to get back into well cause it's really cheesy yeah. jokes yeah but I am looking forward to new stuff just to see what that means for where we're at now you Mm -hmm. know what i mean oh god it just looks so amazing it was such one of the weirdest things that came up to like okay the warner brother lot like what's going who are these things originally as a kid but then just got into the characters and also for me and uh my brother i i was like uh yakko and then oh wait no which Wacko's the younger brother, yep. right? So, yeah, I was Yakko, the oldest, and then Matt was Wacko, and then Dot. Well, we had a younger sister who didn't really watch it, but we're like, that's like <laughs> us. We're... Aw. I just thought they were super weird. And just some of the, like, because they had the little many different clips of different uh, characters throughout it as well. So it was almost like a Looney Tunes where there's different yeah. little sections of things. Right, because not only did you have Pinky and the Brain, but you had Good Feathers. Yep. Love good feathers. Is it Elmira? <laughs> yep. And some of my like I I truly enjoyed anim, the Animaniacs and the uh, Pinky and the Brain the most, mm-hmm. which is obviously they're always their most popular ones. I'm curious though, they're gonna have to have some of those side characters in, but I'm wondering if this is gonna be a more just streamline them and yeah. not going to like a full thirty minute or twenty minute episode. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. If you're making it for kids, it's hard to go in that direction because 
kids cartoons are made to be short. Yeah. Because of the short attention spans. So, hmm, we'll see. Who did they make it for? Did they make it for us or did they make it for the new generation? I guess. <laughs> I don't know, but it's very exciting. That's soon. Soon? November. November? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So it's a thing to look forward to in November. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, oh, there's so many good things right now. We'll get into some of the comics. Uh, I want to quick, briefly go back to a Marvel event that just recently happened. I may have mentioned it before where I wasn't too thrilled with Empire at first coming into it. Mm-hmm. It started off really interesting. The Skrulls and Kree were joining forces um you knew that there were some people in the background that were kind of setting this up to why are they joining forces um i always forget their name the koati or koata c-o-a-t-i-t-a i can't remember how you pronounce it but the tree people were the bad guys in this which you think then are the good guys at first but of course things always take a turn but readings like there's so many different books um that were kind of half-assed like added to it kind of like all marvel you know events like Mm -hmm. but the main stories were taking place in fantastic four and avengers and then they had the main issues and then there's some captain uh captain marvel and a captain america and some of those after i started reading them i was just like they're kind of the same thing plants come up they fight that's it like nothing felt too tie-in except for those main mm-hmm. two that had more of the story going. And since I love Fantastic Four, I read those. Actually, the X-Men I may have talked about had a great tie-in. They didn't in the overall story arc tie in too much, but they had four issues that took place with them fighting these plant monsters and everything on Genosha. I remember talking about that with um, the worst X-Men character. Yes. Yep. So I kind of just was like, this is not a great event. But I recently read The Aftermath, and that's where I'm like, okay, I do want to quick briefly talk about this. So in the Avengers Aftermath, every, you know, they won and everything, and you have... Um, they won? Yeah. What? They, they beat the bad guys. Oh my goodness. And you have... Uh, and uh, Hulkling is still in charge of this... Uh, the, they're still good together, um, the Kree and Skrull, so... For whatever reason right now, they are not going back to the status quo, which is good. That is good. You know, you don't need to have everything reset. So he's still in charge of this giant empire, and he's kind of calling himself king of the universe. Because they are two of the biggest. You can add the the Shi'ar in there as well as a big galaxy, you know, firing race. But at the end, um, his grandmother, Kree, or a Skrull, because his mom was a Skrull queen... And his dad was Captain Marvel. Mm. Uh, so that's why he's got both mm-hmm. both the genes and is mm. kind of the figurehead for him. She was saying that, you know, you're going to wish, you know, you listen to me. And so you're like, okay, what's going to be the, the bad thing coming together? And um, S.W.O.R.D. pretty much was pissed off. And Alpha Flight, who's been kind of S.W.O.R.D. or working S.W.O.R.D., were pissed that none of the Avengers in Fantastic Four got a hold of them uh abigail brand was the leader of that and she's pretty much like pissed and it was cool hulkling um is a gay character and he's uh now i'm gonna butcher i think he's 
was dating Druid from the Young Avengers. But ultimately, and that's where all these uh, main characters kind of in these books too were from Young Avengers. They got married. It was kind of like a nice, you know, thing to have diversity in, in the books and everything. But she interrupted all that and you're thinking, man, what a bitch. But the ending of this book shows into the future a far the world is kind of um blown up or some world is probably not earth hulkling's there and and brand comes through and says i have a better team and we do need you now so it's like okay it left me on a hook enough to be like these events shape some of these characters to whatever the next big marvel event will be so i was a little happy about that but what happened in Fantastic Four, the aftermath or finale of, of this event... Oh, they all had their own little aftermath? Just those events? two books did. Okay. Um, and again, when sometimes these books come out, you know, they may have their original plan and then halfway through are like, we should really do another issue of something. That's what I feel like some of these were... Because I do know at one point, I think they added a couple new titles and threw a couple more stories in there. But the Fantastic Four one had them trying to figure out where these bad guys, like, their weapon tech is. Because the Krees were like, this is way beyond us. The plant people's weapon yeah. tech? The Krotati? Yes. And you have, they showed the Unseen. Do you ever remember who the Unseen is? Oh, God, is that Nick Fury? Yes. Okay. They showed him on the moon, because they're in the blue part of the moon, and, and they were even saying, like, who's, like, that, the... the the Reed kids, uh, Franklin and Val, were like, who is that? And there's like, you know, he shows when it's, things are important. They briefly talked about the Watchers, but that's about it. And this lady was saying how, yeah, this is something that I've never seen before. And I just kept in the back of my mind like, ooh, this is going to turn out good. This is going to turn out good. And what happens at the end is you find out who these weapons were supplied from were Watchers. Oh, and Uatu, the main watcher for I'm our... not supposed to get involved in things, nope. Tony. Nope. <laughs> Uatu's been dead for quite a yeah. few years since yeah. the Deadly Sins thing. That's how the Unseen has the one eye. Right. I don't know if Eyeball Dude, I forget his name, has the other eye, but that was a weird, random thing in Deadly Sins. Yeah. Uatu comes out of, like, the Unseen's chest and kind of like... What? That's what I'm saying. It was a big kind of like, what the fuck's going on? And he just says, like, now I'll have, like, my revenge. For me, personally, I've always loved anything that had Uatu. Because he showed, they always say, he I shows up. Yeah. When he showed up in Fantastic Four number 48 to help them out with Galactus and everything. Like, he so used to be in all those <laughs> events. And you just kind of, when you just saw him, he usually would be the narrator of some mm -hmm. of these events. And he hasn't been around for a while right having him come back and then finding out that he was part of this kind of made me be like okay i'm glad they did this to bring him to whatever he's going to be doing having the watchers actually do some shit is going to be interesting was it the watchers or was it him specifically i don't know if it's him specifically and what is he getting revenge for dying i'm assuming who killed him i think he's probably just sick of all the People like, doing these cataclysmic events on Earth, well, where he's what meant would a to watch. villain watcher? What would that be like? I don't know. What would that mean? What is what's this? I mean, I know they're like these eternal creatures that like keep track of everything, and they have 
crazy memories, but like, what else can they shape reality? No, but they well, they know they're like more fourth wall know everything in their universes. So like all the Age of Apocalypse would have a specific watcher, and I always look at them because they seem kind of like Guardians, Mm -hmm. uh, Green Lantern type. That that that's what they are. These omnipotent omnipotent beings of the universes. So yeah, I'm just I'm just excited to see where it's gonna go. And they planted the seeds, obviously. I don't even know what they're planning for their next big thing, but so hopefully it happens. He came out of Nick Fury's chest. Kind of, well, he like Nick Fury like started like you know kind of sparking and lightning, and then just like this apparition came out. So I don't even know if it was just fully him or just his ghost. Oh my god! But he came out with only one eye as well, so you know his other eye is missing somewhere. Right. So again, continuity wise and everything is um, Oatu living his soul living inside of. That's Nick what Fury. I'm thinking. And he's in the just, eye. that's been Nick Fury. Hasn't been Nick Fury the whole time. He's been Oatu. I, I like feel like Spider-Man. well, when he was talking about some things, it was him saying, "I'm chained here. I'm yeah. stuck here." So it's still Nick Fury's mind there. Okay. But again, it was just a powerful image that I'm like... Is it like oh. a Peter Parker, Doc Ock situation? Probably. <laughs> and Peter Parker was really dead. He was a ghost. I won that bet. So yeah, so... Uh, talking about that event... And again, uh, events. They're sometimes so hard to follow. Mm-hmm. But that was one of them where you could have just read the main story. The, the side ones are not that important. Okay. Which is going to go to what I want to kind of talk about right now, which is the X-Men event, which you do need to read mm-hmm. all of them mm-hmm. because they've had some ongoing stories throughout the books prior to this X of Swords thing. Ten of Swords. Yes, I know, but I will butcher that all the time because they Me too. need to stop <laughs> doing that. But Hickman has pretty much like, like, all right, all those stories are on pause now. You're going to read Wolverine. And it's going to be book number three of whatever. Yeah. Like, X-Factor was book two of whatever, because the creation of the sword thing was the first one. And it's great that they actually have those on there, so you can tell which book you should read next. Yes, that is very helpful. Because one of the things that's been uh, hard sometimes of picking up all the X-Books is you don't need to read those in order that they have, but at the end of them, they still have the checklist of each the month coming out mm-hmm. which is a little bit helpful because something might happen like when kitty pride died in the marauders that reverberated through some of the other books that they talked about it and so if you didn't read that one before some of these going on so yeah. i do like they have the checklist at the back which they still do to see what's coming up but this is just great to have on the front covers to help you out you should read this one and this past week uh they had wolverine and then it went into I want to say X-Force, yeah. His went into X-Force to where he he pretty much goes to hell, gets his sword, but you start seeing some of these bad guys that are going to be part of the bad guys team. They have 10 different swords, except for they, they named the Mar... Damn it. Mar, Mari... I'm always, Mari Musu Blade? I think that's as close as we're going to get. Yes, with that word, <laughs> and 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 one of the things that I know is he destroyed the blade that he originally had from this creator, who put his soul in it, which it can cut through even adamantium. Mm-hmm. It can, 
it's what could kill Wolverine, in which case he had it made down into bullets to possibly kill him if need be in a story that was like 10 years old. So again, I'm like, how's he going to get a blade? Well, the blade master is still kind of alive, but then sent to hell. So Wolverine goes there to find, hmm. find him. And how that came about is the person that he's going to be battling in Otherworld is a guy named uh, Solemn. Okay. Who is then, of course, one of the four horsemen who are Apocalypse's children. kids. Yeah. One of their... One of their children. Yes. Okay. Or some oh, of them are. Man. And, yes. His family tree's getting fucked up. And this guy has adamantium skin. Oh. Because Wolverine, it was really cool to show his healing factor when he's, like, coming out of fire pit and... And just like skeleton, and then slowly reforming, and and Solemn was also captured. And Solemn is a bad guy that it's one of those where you kind of are going to root for. He's a he seduces people, and that's one of the things why he is kind of on the outs with these original Four Horsemen people. But they like you're one of our people that we need to send, so we're unlocking you. Hmm. Go get this blade that you're required to get, and he kind of teams up a bit with Wolverine, and it just so happens that. In hell, there was a ceremony. I don't want to get into details, but there's they two swords. Married. There's two swords that got made, and ultimately, Solemn gets them both. But because of his honor and everything, and yes. also noticed Wolverine rehealing when they're captured in hell, like, no, I'm going to give you one of these because he's a person that likes challenges. Mm. And I'm almost like I'm I'm liking this guy's you know everything that he's trying to do. Yeah, that's going to come back to bite him in the ass, though. For sure. For sure. But either way, right? Really cool bad guy. That was two of the books, and then we just get another uh, book, which was the Marauders. So again, yes. you're thinking it's going to follow Kitty, and it has Kitty in it. But this was following Storm. Mm, she is also in the Marauders. What? Oh yeah, she, I guess she was. So mm -hmm. you can kind of loosely base it, and she's one of the people to be picked. Mm -hmm. And what I'm loving is they show what the blades are. Do they? Yeah, they do. Like those, like how. Hickman does a whole page of like, yeah, and they've also been talking about parts of Otherworld as well, which I'm guessing is setting up the battlegrounds for everything. And she needs to get um, the Skyblade, which is the first ever uh, made from vibranium in Wakanda, oh. made for protecting Wakanda, okay. only to be used by the kings of Wakanda. Mm. And I'm thinking this is going to be some political intrigue. Yeah. And she goes there and asks and pretty much says, this is going to be the end of the world. And they're like, we just can't give this to you because T'Challa wasn't there. And they're also saying if T'Challa gives this up, there's going to be infighting in Wakanda. Their people are going to get hurt. And she's really trying to plead with Shuri about, we like, Wakanda's going to be dead if, if I don't go do yeah. this. They're like, we'll get any army, everything, but you can have any weapons. And when she finally names the weapon she needs, they're like, no. And then there's some good past of when T'Challa was... Because they were married. Right. And that's why she has such a good relationship with them. Was explaining this vault where it was hidden. And telling her all these things of how this is protected by this and this. And even Storm goes, I wonder if he was showing me this in the past. If in case I somehow needed this. Hmm. Kind of plot point, you know, just throwing it in there. But... She eventually 
says, fuck it, I need to do something that they're going to hate me for, but the fate of the world, and she's going to steal it. And that whole, the whole book with Storm, I don't, I don't hate Storm, but again, I've never really enjoyed just Storm solo, and everything about her talking about how she was a queen before, and then when she joined, you know, and then a goddess, and helping out her people in Africa, and then being married to T'Challa and then being a queen again and everything. And that relationship hasn't ever truly, they resolved on friendship terms, mm -hmm. but you've never mm -hmm. really seen mm -hmm. is there's still something there. Mm -hmm. And at the end when T'Challa shows up, he's like, you know, I could have, you know, I would have done this for you. She goes, I couldn't wait. You know, this right. is something I have three days to get this. And it's that whole thing of where she even says, you know, Chala says you can go, but then they destroyed the gate to Wakanda because they're also saying, "Is this just for you? You know, why is it that just you mutants think that you can take our blade?" And it's one of those things where it's like, I get that. Like it's really two different empires, two different people, mm -hmm. really saying, "Let's look out for our people too." Them understanding that yes, maybe they may all die, but they don't know the whole other world plot and what's going right. on with it. They, they just think, have to believe that she's taking it because the whole world. Yeah. I and mean, how often does that happen? I was going to say, like, <laughs> I feel like in the Marvel Universe, that's like an every other day scenario. <laughs> so they're probably just like, yeah. Eh. So like with this, the Skybreaker one it explains how it was formed and forged and what it can do. It amplifies uh, technology and everything. And we already saw within the first one there, we're not going to get a magic uh story because we already know she has a sword and she was one of the first people to yeah go to the spot she, where like immediately when they when they when the circle popped up and all the prophecies were were, were told she was just straight up like here i am yeah. <laughs> it's me and it, this and all this if you were just to be reading one of the the things you would not get this other story or right. what's going on with, you know, if you just read this one, you'd only get Storm's story, not what happened with Wolverine and what was going on with him. And I'm assuming it's going to happen with all of these different swords right? to set up for this whole thing. Um, yeah, here's the Marimasa blade. And they made two of them, as I said. So they're identical swords. And so just explaining how when he first originally... Um, when he was younger, took a stick and like killed like a bird, mm. and then that soul came into him, and then it went into the sword. So that's kind of his mutant sword power. I don't know if maker. he's true. Yeah. Okay. And how that's his blades, and he's made many different blades with souls intact. And these last two, he was killed in hell, and his personal soul went into both these swords. So that's where these are super super powerful swords. It and already getting this really big bad guy. I'm thinking that it's going to be coming down to. Wolverine and this solemn guy because mm -hmm. we haven't really seen any of the other uh, champions from the bad guy side right sure we're gonna see those in some of these things but a big thing that they talked about in the creation thing which you probably one. saw with uh rocks rockside mm -hmm. he's from a different universe yeah. that the whole re resurrection protocols don't work if you die in other world right and that's that was a, the thing I was, that one, when I reviewed it, I was like, I'm not going to give this one very important thing away. 
And that was that. Yeah, and I didn't read it at that time, so I'm glad you didn't give that away. <laughs> but that just leaves a whole bunch of yes. what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. you know one of these big people sure. is gonna not going to come out yeah. the right way. Right. Which will be interesting going forward. Yeah. And who might it be? Yeah. And then how that's going to fuck up the, the X-Men books. But this is one of those things where it's like, I actually feel like there's some real consequences that are going to come happen from this. Yeah. It was nice. It was a nice thing that they added because, you know, you're going into this and you're like, oh, I mean, what's stopping them from dying and then just resurrecting? You know what I mean? Like, who who cares? Mm-hmm. What, what's, you know, what's the point of <laughs> this whole big battle? They could just die and mm-hmm. then, you know, whatever. So I'm glad they <clears throat> thought about that when they were writing this story. And so I'm wondering how, again, Hickman goes, all right, everyone, the stories we have going, stop them. Mm-hmm. Now I have this overall story arc thing. Still have other writers doing their particular. So they probably said, you guys are writing the two ones with Wolverine getting his. There's one with Storm. We'll get to the overall when they start coming together. But really being like, I need to be plotting this out. Right. And I sometimes don't think they, not just Marvel, but DC and any big uh, event type thing, really even just think of what's going to happen after this. As I said with Empire, there was a cool ending to it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as engaging for it. Mm-hmm. Again, like the Captain America one with some people, plant people impersonating and getting in the government and, and all these things. Not that fun. Not like it was just kind of... Yeah. Not needed. Right. All of these are needed for this story. And we're not going to talk about this all the time, but I feel like we're going to talk about this. Maybe. Maybe. All what, the time. What if we do? What if they. Who's going to stop us? <laughs> you? <laughs> I'm going to. No, I'm just going to try to not talk about it. <laughs> but I need more people to be reading this to be like, yeah. What's going to happen? This is so good. It is really good. I have not been this happy with any sort of comic book story in forever and we are now turning into the hickman podcast but <laughs> back in the day when his fantastic four run and when he was doing the battle world and, and the avengers stuff we were back then to a hickman i mean podcast. anytime he has anything out that's like anything really an ongoing series it's always hickman this hickman that and i'm not knocking um, other writers to what they do but sometimes it's just like it, it, the status quo comes back. Right. Sometimes that can be good. But again, we want to see continuity-wise things happen. And it was good with Wolverine, him at least explaining, because I thought they were going to retcon the sword, because I always thought it was just one sword that Mare Musu made. But there's obviously more swords, and kind of knowing and seeing that yeah. makes more sense, too. So with that, I want to quick pivot to Thor. And I know you you don't read Thor. I don't. I like to look at Thor in the movies. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. But Thor number eight just came out. And it's, again, one of those things where after the whole uh, Asgard's uh, invaded and then, was it the nine, the War of of Realms that Mm -hmm. happened last year? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which was... That had some decent uh, crossover ones, too. 
I enjoyed that event because even the small offhand ones, Giant Men, if you can read that three issue series, was just great with all the different Ant Men, Giant Men people turning giant and then breaking into the Giants realm where they took over in Florida. It made sense. They kind of dressed up as because they look like giants, so right. they kind of blend in a little bit. It was a good series. Um, but from that, Thor, Odin pretty much retired, and there's now King Thor. He has the Odin power. Mm-hmm. And in these first couple issues, he's gone on and killed Galactus. He's gotten power cosmic, he too. killed Galactus? Because of a big bad that then came about. And so you're thinking, well, shit, now he's OP. What's going to happen with him? And he's getting these visions of the future. And these visions have Thanos. And I'm thinking, all right, I don't need an overall Thanos like crossover event. But again, you can have Thanos be smaller big bad where he only interacts with Thor as a bad guy. It doesn't need to be now Avengers are fighting Thanos. Right. Or if even that's going to be what comes to term. It's a vision, but if prophecy and everything sometimes is misread. Mm-hmm. So in... Book number eight here, it starts off with their book of prophecy and how every single person, uh, Odin's father, Bor, was one of the first kings, and he tried to read it when he was a kid, and then they showed Odin sneaking into this library to try to read it, and then it shows Thor, and then it shows Odin coming in with Thor being like, yeah, you can't read it because it's only for kings to read and write, Mm. so he couldn't see his future and destinies, but now that he's a king... They kind of revisit it. So it was a little bit of lore to kind of throw in hmm. to this overall story. But then it got to more of the not universal everything world ending, but more of a character-driven story. And in Thor number eight, he threw his hammer down to the ground, down to Broxton, Oklahoma, where they would had um, Asgard for a while back in like 2007 or so. Uh, when they took over there. And this random man who... they You start off following this guy, Adam, and he was talking about how he's in jail and everything. He's messed up, but he's trying to... You know, he's a mechanic now and trying to get through. He ends up calling a number that was on the hammer. And you don't realize there why... There's a number on the hammer? This is the great part of it, because Iron Man eventually comes to Broxton and goes... Why, how did you get my number? And then he goes, and then they show the, the, the hammer there, and on it written, if found, call Tony Stark at his real uh, a number. And it was a real, like, not a 555 number, which I found out. You can call in the real world. Yeah. The setup for this joke goes back to Thor number one when Thor number one was showing him being the king now and everything, and he threw down the hammer and... Tony saw it and wrote happy retirement on it with a Sharpie. Mm. And then when he called it back, Thor sees it. So kind of a funny joke. And what you find out is Thor did that to kind of mess with Tony to call him there. That's funny. But this was all uh, kind of a a test that Thor is doing because what we found out now is Majorner is able to be picked up by anyone. So this person who was in jail or whatever, and I thought maybe they're just showing that this person overcame whatever he was locked up for. We know that there are some people that are worthy. He picked it up and then became hulked out and like 
Thor like and everything and had the Asgard like robes and everything. <coughs> so number eight gets to where again Tony's like, Why'd you put my number on there? Well that's because you wrote on Sharpie on it before. But then Tony picks up the hammer and hits Thor with it. And they're gonna have like a battle. Because Tony's like, if anyone can pick this up, what if Dr. Doom came here and picked this up? Right. And it was kind of a cool thing where I'm like, I didn't even think of that. No? You, the first thing you didn't think of was... It was Dr. Doom picking up? Well, no. Nah, just a villain. I didn't think specific. But what I liked is Thor kind of showed his power and might and says, I'm still king. I'm still the god of thunder. Sure, people can pick it up and they'll get some power, but they're not going to overpower me. He's like, give me it back, Tony. And... Tony's being Tony. Tony and being a dick and like, I got to study this, this and that. He's being a real Tony. Eventually he does give it back and, and, and Thor goes, please keep this a secret. We can't let people know that random people can pick it up right now. Something's wrong with the hammer. He's going to need to go back to figure it. I know. And, and I'm like, <laughs> how many times the hammer has become like almost a character in all this? <laughs> really a lot more recently than past Thor's. It's always just been a weapon, mm -hmm. but now something's going wrong with it. Yeah. It's interesting. So I like that Tony gave the hammer back and also said, hey, you you did that prank on me. Uh, I still have footage because he had a satellite going down there of me hitting you with the hammer. So as long as you don't, you know, give out my number anymore, uh, you know, I That's won't funny. release. Did you call the number? Yes. And you can call it and it goes, it's an answering machine to so be like, hey, this, yes, this was my old number, but I had to give it up because some jerk face gave it out. And then he tells you to go to, like, some, go check out my Iron Man site or whatever. And then that just go, brings you to um, the Marvel That's webpage. Huh. Well, I love that. That's mainly what I wanted to bring up this yeah. book for is these two issues. To First, it, it establishes there's something going on with the hammer. So, again, Thor in this first series started off being this cosmic showing his might and what he can do. But now he's being more, I want, don't want to say humble, but more less of a cosmic thing and more of a introverted thing of mm. what he needs to do to fix this. And at the end, you know, Tony was like, maybe I just need a vacation. And this Adam dude, after he got to be Thor and kind of fly around a little bit and get a favor from Thor goes, Maybe you just need to switch it, turn it off and on, you know, like reset a bit. And it shows uh, Thor looking at an old picture of Donald Blake. Mm, who he used to pretend to be. Well, who he used to be. Because yeah. back in the day, Donald Blake was a human that found, well, his, he found the, the hammer. And then when you hit it on the ground, it turned into his walking stick. Because back when you need to have secret identities and when they used to have the people be an actual human that transformed into a mm -hmm. god. And when you realize that they were actually just two people in different spaces, like a pocket dimension mm. and everything. So when Thor wasn't here, he was like somewhere else. But he... Donald Blake... needlessly complicated. That's why I'm glad they got rid of some yeah. of that. But I'm liking that they're going to bring him up again. Because they've mentioned Donald a couple times. But again, Donald hasn't truly been that person that has transformed into Thor in ages. Right. So I'm very excited for where this is going because, again, I don't need him fighting Galactus and all these things. Is that even canon in the current continuity? What, that he hasn't transformed into him? 
that he ever did. Yes, okay. he did. That was... We've had multiple Ragnaroks over the years. Mm-hmm. And with each one of those cycles, there's been... I can't remember who did the run, but Thor was not a com- like on hiatus for a little bit. They kind of all saved the day, but then were not anywhere. And Thor woke up, and it's almost an Eternals... Uh, what Neil Gaiman did with the Eternals as well, where they started waking up and realizing who they were. Mm-hmm. Thor was in a body, but didn't realize he was Thor until he was realizing, oh, I am I am this god, but I'm a human here. But he wasn't Donald Blake. And he started getting Sif and then everyone and Balder and awakening in their mind of, hey, we're really Asgardians. Okay. And since then, they've been just them. They haven't had to transform into gotcha. a human and back. So Thor has just been Thor. Thor. Gotcha. That is his name. That's who he is. You call him Odin's son when we had female Thor. But again, right. that was Jane Foster transforming just into a bulkier, more warrior. Yeah. Non-cancer ridden. Yes. Yes. Person. <laughs> and it's like, it goes back to, you know, the original Captain Marvel switched places with people um, as well. No, not Captain Marvel. Um, who had the Nega bands? I can't remember, but there's been a lot of people who have been human at one point and then transformed into another god being that they came out of, you know, a pocket dimension. I want to say it was uh, Captain Marvel, maybe. But my mind might be slipping after all these stories that I've I've read. Either or, though. I'm liking that this is going to be, again, more down-to-earth, probably, story to figure out fixing his hammer. I'm glad it's not going to be everyone gets a hammer and everyone can Uh, transform. It's funny because I was reading the synopsis for this on um, Comixology, and it does say, you get a Molnir, and you get a Molnir, and everyone gets a hammer. And I was like, they did that already. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going, so I'm glad it didn't go that way. And I'm glad that Thor is truly still powerful, and it's yeah. not him being unworthy. Because I was also thinking, wait, did he just send it to Earth because he's talking that his hammer's not working all well, and we've already done that. We've already had him Why be unworthy. Why is he just throwing it to Earth? It was, again, it was a test to see if truly any person could Does pick it up. Does he look to see where it's going to land? He saw He sent it to Broxton. He knew exactly where it was what going. What if somebody was, like, walking there? As he... <laughs> that's what, well, as Tony said, though, too, someone could have picked up. He goes, I've been watching. You know, I... Yeah, but, like, what if somebody just was, like, boop, or what if a dog ran underneath it while it was falling? Like, all of a sudden, boop, smoosh. I'm sure he... Free check to make sure. <laughs> Maybe it hit a bird coming down. It seems irresponsible is what I'm saying. Well, Thor is still not responsible, yeah, even though he's fair. a king. That's fair. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm liking this series, too. It is definitely a good Thor series to definitely read. Yeah. I'm a little uh, taken back from seeing how powerful they made him to show him he's a king and he's way more yeah. powerful than the average Thor that we've grown to read before. But, uh, like I said, well, it's good Thor story. Good Thor. Good stuff. Um, I read the Swamp Thing. And I seem to only read Swamp Thing when it comes in these lovely little one-issue things. Multi-story yeah, things. Yeah, the last one I read was a holiday uh, spectacular. Was it, I think the last one was Christmas yeah. that I read. 
Yeah, and that was really good. That was good. Um, and this was really good too. So this is Legend of the Swamp Thing, the Halloween spectacular. Um, so it is a big boy. It was forty-eight pages, but there are. <clears throat> They say there's six stories in it, but the first story and the second story are connected to each other in that the first story is about a little boy getting lost in the swamp and Swamp Thing saving him. And the last story is the kid that was saved, him as like an elderly person and, and coming up against a new iteration of the Swamp Thing, right? Because the Swamp... The whole purpose of this book was to show that Swamp Thing has been and will be different things. Like, it's not always the same creature. Okay. Right? But every time a new Swamp Thing is born, it, it has the memories of the last one. Just like in the ori origin of the Swamp Thing, <clears throat> this that Swamp Thing was a person, right? Who got, who got, what did he die in, in a swamp? And then the green kind of, he dissolved into the green, right? Mm -hmm. And then became Swamp Thing. And he had all the memories of that guy, but he wasn't actually ever that guy sort of thing. And this, so this tackled, um, like, that, that theory, right? That the green is something that just is eternal and shows up in a bunch of iterations throughout time. So they have a story that takes place during like the um, BCE. So it's like Caesar invading the island of Britannia and you know they were all pagans back then. So it deals with that and the um, what are those things? The arches, like the pagan arches and stuff that you see there in Stonehenge. Like mm -hmm. So the green coming to save these pagans from from the the invaders from Rome, and it goes through a story with the conquistadors going into South America, and they come up against this island that was uncharted. So they go on the island, and the whole island ended up being like a made of the green, and um, an ancient god who was protecting people in Mexico. Just all kinds of really cool stuff like that, and they were all very. They weren't Swamp Thing, but they were Swamp Thing, I guess, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if it does or not. <laughs> but they were all really good, and they took on different... Basically showing that um, the green, right, is a protector of people, but only of the people who respect it, right? If you... Because one of the things was about this guy who was building, um, like, a sugar plantation and murdering just all kinds of people of the natives of the area he was building in and also building all these giant buildings and stuff like that. So when the green came to take the land back, it swallowed it all into the ground and stuff like that. But it needed a, uh, it needed to be asked first by one of the village girls sort of thing. Um, but I thought they were all really interesting. I mean, they were all done by different writers. So they all had different tones. Um, there was what, this one about this guy who was in Japan and in the war and um, had been on this island with this mission and all of the other people in his, in his little troop had died. And he was like, I'm going to stay here until I'm told I need to come back. I have to complete my mission. And 
he's got like a little plant that's talking to him and the plant keeps trying to tell him, Hey buddy, the war's over. You can go home. And this guy just won't because he hasn't been told to go home yet. He gets flyers dropped on him telling him the war's over. And he's like, this is a trick. This is a trick. Somebody would come get me if this was over. I need to stay on my post sort of thing. And he goes from like, I don't know, 18 at the end of the story to like in his eighties at the end of the story, real paranoid gets to the point where he just burns the whole forest down around him sort of thing. And the, the plant was with him the whole time. Just like, Hey bud, you go home now. I mean, I'm not lying to you. You can go home. Don't kill those people. They're villagers. (laughs) 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 They're not people who are trying to attack you. You could probably go home. And at the end of the story, the, the creature was just like, I told him. (laughs) It's just a really weird way to end it. But, um, I love the Swamp Thing. I love the idea of the Swamp Thing. What I truly like about Swamp Thing is it almost is its own universe Mm -hmm. in DC where there is sometimes crossovers, but where you have Green Lantern who interacts with tons of different people, being Justice League and everything, or even Flash and sometimes, but within DC you have a lot of, like, Things that happen in Gotham happen with just Batman. Things that happen in Metropolis is just mean Superman. And Swamp Thing has its own just yeah. whole lore behind it. And there's just so much of it that I haven't read a lot of it. But I like these sort of things where there's small stories yep. where I can feel I can just get into it. There was a time when I did read a little bit of Swamp Thing and learning more about the green. And how it's like a, you know, it's an elemental force. Right. But kind of one of those things along the lines of the Speed Force where it's one of these interesting manifestations and the opposite of that is the gray. Like Solomon Grundy is part of the gray, mm. but he's connected to the green. And it's kind of where the gray has encroached on Swamp Thing before too and turned him crazy sometimes. Right. And, and knowing that there's more that are connected to it too, like Poison Ivy is sure. attached to yep. the green and... It's just interesting because that's something that obviously they probably didn't originally think of with Poison Ivy when they created her. But then they're like, well, we have this whole basis of like things (laughs) and then let's say she's in it. And then it's just kind of now canon of she can tap into this powerful force uh, as it is. And yeah, Swamp Thing is just really good. It is. It's so it looks so scary but this, like, Swamp Thing, obviously Swamp Thing is just, she's usually this really loving, helpful sort of creature. So it's such a dichotomy between how it looks and, and the feel of the story. Um, my One of my favorite parts was at the very beginning of the story because he's taught there's a willow in, in the swamp and... Um, the boy that was lost had got, it was laying in its roots and the willow was like protecting him. And Swamp Thing was like, we're not supposed to do that, right? If they come out here, it's on their own choosing. We're not supposed to like interfere with that sort of thing. And he goes to grab the boy and the willow like smacks him away basically. And he shows, they show a picture of the swamp under, like under the swamp. And there's just dead bodies just piled up underneath the swamp people had, oh, wow. people people who had run to the swamp gotten lost died people who killed themselves in the swamp people were who were dumped in the swamp sort of thing 
And he's like, oh, I get it. All of these people have died and, you know, their sorrow, they, they disintegrated and their sorrow has like seeped into this willow. So this willow who, who has been here for forever finally has gotten to the point where it's like, I can't, we can't keep doing this. I got to save him. I got to save him. I can't, I can't let anybody else die. So it was just really interesting idea of the, the, the dead feeding this, this tree and making this tree feel sorrow for them. It was real weird and cool, but it was good. Like I said, I mean, the last one was really good too. If you aren't even like a avid reader of the Swamp Thing, these things are great to pick up because they are kind of informative. They let you know a little bit about the character, but they're also just really good stories. So a publisher that I truly love, Ahoy Comics, they come out with some really good stories, mm -hmm. all small arcs so that you can digest them, and then they come out with later ones. I've said this before. And one that, that caught my eye, mainly trying to pronounce the book, which I'm going to butcher again, is Penultimate. Yeah, it's yes. like Penultimate, but Penultimate. Yes. And so just with with the name of the book, I was like, I'm curious what this is going to be. Because to, to, the definition is the, Penultimate is the top tier, mm -hmm. the highest of of high and it starts off with showing this guy was the lowest of the totem pole in the future so he is zapped back in time because they didn't want him right where and, he's the most powerful. yeah because he yeah. is he is a superman analog he you know can do what That's superman funny. can do and being the the totally hero of booster this world gold situation but booster doesn't have the superman no. power set and no. and you don't know all of this guy's powers but again in the future, he's, well, the lowest of the totem pole, but still, as I said, powerful here. And what I always love, too, is just the wacky type of bad guys. And uh, this one starts off with, like, this meteor ball coming towards the Earth, and he saves them. And all these people are like, hey, there he is up in the sky, hey. And he's telling these people, get away, you know, this is dangerous. And they're like, I think he's talking to me. So again, you're seeing this hero worship of this person who is thinking like, don't do that. And all he is, he's kind of um, down on himself. Well, he was the shittiest person in his <laughs> timeline. Yes. So being the most powerful person in the current timeline doesn't make you forget you were once the shittiest Yeah, person. and that you were rejected by them and sent right. to the your, whole reason you're the there present. is because you were so shitty. And what I love is the, the bad guy that he's fighting, this Zev uh, Zolo, has this giant pinball machine that, that he's shooting all these balls into that are coming down and destroying, like, the city. And, again, wacky, but, again, when you have bad guys in any of the big brands, you know, some of them are a little just out there, and you think, yeah. how who came up with this idea? Condiment so, man. Yeah, some work, some don't, like that. <laughs> And what was really funny is he he was trying to talk to him uh, and brought him into what he said, like, this is a pocket dimension. I want to talk to you as a person before just capturing you. Have you ever thought of coming over to the good side, using, you know, your your creativity and your genius? And, and this guy's like, a lecture? Come on, really? And he's like, 
where's the prophet making a giant pinball machine in the sky that shoots down giant pinballs? Like, and it's one of those things where you think, yeah, that, that makes sense. I am kind of liking this, trying to reach this random bad guy of why you doing it? Come work for good. And ultimately, you know, he's like in here, time stops. And then the guy didn't take up his offer. So he's like, all right. And then he's like, wait, where'd my giant cosmic pinball machine go? And he goes, oh, I was lying about time stopping. And you see that the penultimate man has a robot sidekick mm-hmm. that looks just like him that destroyed it all when they were in there. Mm. So again, he's he's not necessarily the, the goody two-shoes telling the truth type person. So I kind of like that. He was a little trickery, but he was trying to do good to, right. to get this guy to come over to the good side. And the guy's like, I'd rather, you know, get captured by the police than have to listen to you, you know, talk to me about all this goody stuff. So he goes to the police, and you then see that he does have a human uh, analog that he is. He works for the the CIA, okay, as a pretty much bumbling, you know, person like Clark Kent, sort of. Yes, but right before we see that, his parent says, "Hey, we need you in the future." There's these giant fists that are destroying the world, and our powers can't do it. But your um, primitive power set mainly these people use more their minds and telekinesis and everything and he's just a powerful brute Mm. here take this and come to us so he's like i gotta get some affairs in order and when he was doing that he tells his his second in command this this robot dude you're gonna have to fill in for me um also that means uh my human side because his boss wouldn't let him get off for work to go help his parents so you're seeing kind of where he is on the totem pole of right. here now, and he's not really like that work. And I'm like, all right, this is like, I'm starting to feel pity for this guy. Like this ultra powerful guy. Yeah, and just how much, and even his robot guy is telling him, dude, you need to just give up on this whole future thing. Stop thinking about them. Live in the now. Just be here and mm-hmm. be your superhero. But he goes, no, I need you to fill in for me, and I'm going to go do this thing. So he does, and it's like only like two pages where he saves the future world. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you know, am I included part of you? They're like, no. And they zap him back in time. Oh, my God. It's like a big Rude. rejection. Rude. And he comes back. This is why nobody ever wants to play tanks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just... He he's just so upset with with everything that his his robot guy goes, "Hey, you know, uh we need to talk, you know." And he's just just like I I have to just go rest. Like I'm, you know, I'm a little tired anyways from all the battling I just did and really I don't want to talk about it. Until he then comes to work and it seems like a girl is like kind of like coming on to him, which is he's like what? And she's like, well, yeah, I mean, I just wish you good luck because of your promotion. And his human self's like, promotion? And then his boss come in, hey there, big guy. Like, you know, just making sure everything's good in your nice corner office and everything. And I'm, as the reader, I'm thinking, okay, I know where this is going. And then you see the the bad guy that he captured who didn't want anything to do with him talking to the people. Like, somehow his lawyer set up. And again... One of those things where a reader, you're like, who the fuck would do that? And even he's like, who gave this guy the time of day to talk to the American people? But he goes, 
I've rescinded my ways, and after talking to the Penetola man, I'm going to do good. We know that didn't happen. Till he gets back to his base and talks to his android, uh, what have you done? And then it just ends there. So you know, when he was in disguise as him, he probably did what needed to be done. Probably told off his boss, probably said this and that. Maybe even revealed his secret identity to them to say, hey, I'm more powerful than you you know. Yeah. That mystery behind of where this is going to go next is really kind of keyed me in. Because you have this just depressed, mopey Superman. Right. And now he comes back from being rejected, but things are looking on the up for him in in the now. Yeah. Well, the robot did a much better job as him while he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's going to be... As robots do. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there's going to be a turn with the robot thinking you don't even deserve this. But right. again, however they write this, I'm just intrigued with the mindset of this this new superhero. And of course, with, with Ahoy, there's all, you know, they're talking about some of the different books coming out and then they have some prose type um, stories in the back and everything. It's, you know... One of them was how to field strip a George Foreman grill and like turn it into like a, a gun. Uh, wow. Yeah, this I love everything. We all have oh. a George Foreman grill in our garage somewhere, don't we? Yeah, we can <laughs> turn that into. Um, and all these just short stories that are just fun to read, just more creative freedom. That hey, maybe some people will write in and be like, that was more interesting. Let's let's see a whole series on some inventor that takes. You know, KitchenAid stuff and turns into <laughs> Condiment Man 2.0. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I, I really, like I said, I enjoyed this. I got it only because of the name, and I was more than thrilled with... And I knew I would be, because, again, it's a Hoy comics. It's always, yeah. It's always intriguing where they go. It's very old-school storytelling. So, New York Comic Con is kind of happening right now. Is it? They're like doing knew... some online things, but not as much as what uh, San Diego right. did. And there is really not a lot of things that are coming out. There's been a couple panels. There's been some cool toys that have debuted here, like I've mentioned before in the past with some of the other ones. Hasbro did their own separate thing. But still, not a lot of stuff to sink our teeth into. Right. But one of the ones that uh, I came across that is interesting is Ready Player Two. Now I told I you about. Yeah, I have it on pre-order. I can't wait till you get it so I can borrow it yeah. after you read it because I truly enjoyed the book. Mm. Rewatched the movie and. That's alright. Yeah, it's yeah. Eh, it's, it's kind of pretty, but nah. that doesn't follow the book. Right. And so now we have some uh, knowledge of the synopsis. It's the same as the first, right? Isn't that what I saw? Yes and no. Like, like this is where I don't know how they're going to play it. Because we had the, the um, main character win Holiday's Contest. And he pretty much runs it now. At the end of that book, and same with the movies, like they shut it down every like Tuesday, Thursday, so people can outside but the oasis is like his to control what they find out is there is another secret hidden away that will somehow do something to even bring all the dreams possible but i don't know how that can go but again good storytelling could probably write that in a way and then there's another person that can you know the bad guy that can 
take it all away if they yeah. find it. So it's another race to find these Easter eggs and everything. Uh, from what I heard is it's going to be more, uh, you know, before it had a lot of 70s and 80s type vibe, mainly 80s. And this is going to be more probably 90s uh, We We surmised nostalgia. that, didn't we? Wasn't yes, but we also things? didn't know a thing I know, that's, about what I'm saying, it. that's why I used the word surmised. <laughs> Don't use... that, was, that was our hope, is that it would go into the next decade. And so I'm very interested to see all about this is, but we only know about this because of a panel that they had at New York Comic Con, and that's about all that they released of this book. And since we're not getting really big entertainment in movies, books and comics are where it's at. Mm -hmm. And he also was saying that uh, when the movie came out two years ago, he was already planning like to do another book anyways, but he really had to finish it up because he's like, if this is really good, can't sit around for years if they're going to then want to take this book and make it a movie as well, which, right. you know, I, I'd rather read the book first and if they make a movie, I'll probably see it still anyways because pretty lights and everything, but, <laughs> but hopefully they pretty stick light. more towards the source material because the source material is always better. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to read it. I hope it's not a huge letdown. His second book, which was not connected to Ready Player One, Armada, not... Ooh. Yeah, wasn't... It wasn't good. Uh, one other thing that I saw was uh, Disney Plus is officially branding the Marvel films that aren't part of the MCU as just Marvel Legacy. Yep. So kind of like how they did with Star Wars and all that stuff being, you know, Star Wars Legends and everything. You know, it's... It is what it is. I always kind of pretend those things kind of happened just, you know, in the side panels of the pages. But again, just knowing that they don't connect to the MCU, but it's easier for people then to scroll, I guess, through Disney Plus to be like, right. here's what you need to watch that you probably really want to watch. But there's these other ones that are Marvel films that were in there. I saw someone um, the other day on Reddit list every single uh, com comic book movie. Some that were, like, I even didn't think, like, oh, yeah, there was that one. Some that are smaller named ones, but there's a large list from just the ones that we have known and love. And this person's going to review them all, watch them all and review them all, and I've kind of been having fun following this user's journey of just reminiscing, because I was going through, I was like, I've seen probably 75% of some of these. Yeah. So the few, I'm like, I kind of want to read or watch those ones too. Connor's been going back and watching old Marvel movies. He just watched Blade 1 and 2 last weekend. And he's going to go through all the old school Spider-Mans. Even though those aren't technically Marvel. But he calls them the... <laughs> I can't remember. I think he call, referred to them as the old people's superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> Um, so Alan Moore, our friend, Alan Moore, uh, quit comics last year, right? He's done. No more comics from Alan Moore. He's got a new movie coming out called The Show that he's written the screenplay for, and he is in. I don't think he's a main character, but he's definitely in it. I watched the trailer for it. I can't tell you what it's about. I have no fucking clue. It was just a big mishmash of 
weird shit. Like, it was like Alan Moore was like, I'm Alan Moore! And then threw up all over a movie. (laughs) Like, do you remember when Rob Zombie came out with a movie and we were like, oh my god, this is awesome, and then you watch it and it's like an hour and a half long Rob Zombie video? (laughs) This seemed like just an Alan Moore comic book um, come to life. Which I guess is what he wanted. That's what he wanted out of any movie that was ever made from his stuff. And it never happened the way he liked it. So it just, it's really weird looking. But Alan Moore gave an interview about the movie. And he also said a couple other things. (laughs) Because Alan Moore just does not give a fuck about anything. So one of the biggest things that he was talking about is how terrible superhero movies are, which we knew he felt because he hated all the movies that were ever done about anything that he ever wrote. But he has decided now that superhero movies are a blight on culture. And I, I, I want to read you the exact quote because it's very Alan Moore. Um, <laughs> let me find it here. It's, it's not super long. Oh, here it is. Most people equate comics with superhero movies now. That adds another layer of difficulty for me. I haven't seen a superhero movie since the first Tim Burton Batman film. They have blighted cinema and also blighted culture to a degree. Several years ago, I said I thought it was a really worrying sign that hundreds of thousands of adults were queuing up to see characters that were created 50 years ago to entertain 12-year-old boys. That seemed to speak to some kind of longing to escape from the complexities of the modern world and go back to a nostalgic, remembered childhood. That seems dangerous. It was infantile... Infant... Infantilizing? Infanti... Yeah, way to be, Tony. (laughs) Infantilizing? You say this word. (laughs) The population. This may, and this is the, this is the political part because it wouldn't be a quote from Alan Moore if he didn't politicize things a little bit. This may be entirely coincidence, but in 2016, when the American people elected a national socialist Satsuma, I looked up what a Satsuma was, by the way, and it's an orange, um, (laughs) and the UK voted to leave the European Union, six of the 12 highest grossing films were superhero movies. Not to say that one causes the other, but I think they're both symptoms of the same thing. A denial of reality and an urge for simplistic and sensational solutions. So basically he's like, y'all, superhero movies are making you stupid. So, Tony, agree or disagree with Alan Moore? totally disagree. (laughs) And I think that he has lost out on some good entertainment. Again, we always say the source material is the best. Mm-hmm. But there's different media to consume things, and not everyone's a reader of comics. Let them enjoy their movies. Some are good, some are bad, right. some we don't always agree with, but, you know, they're still entertainment. That's sure. first and foremost what it should be. I think he truly, you know, missed out on, you know, plenty of things if it's way back to the first Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of those things, like... And you don't need to love the MCU, but that is now ingrained in pop culture for eternity now. Mm-hmm. That that was an event of 10 years. And even the, some of the other Batman movies even, like, 
Nolan's Batman's sure. great. I really think Alan Moore would really like the Joker. <coughs> yeah. Like, he is, I think he is missing out. And what I will never understand about this argument, because Martin Scorsese kind of said the same thing, right? That the that superhero movies are the amusement parks of movies, basically. And um, to that I say, well, first of all, all movies are that. Like, all movies are an escape. It doesn't matter what the genre of movie is. It's always an escape. If it's not, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And superheroes are hot now but like you know in the 90s it was fucking rom-coms and and teenage comedy sort of bathroom humor movies and you know in the 70s and 80s there's sci-fi and all kinds of grindhouse sort of situations going on and it's like what what's the difference well i mean they always talk about superhero fatigue but like as you mentioned sci-fi like before superheroes there was just a lot of alien or time travel right. technology stuff that there is a whole plethora of those types of movies that I still enjoy if they come out with a new Star Trek Star Wars still going to right. want to see that and consume it this is just now a different genre yeah that's and just because I mean the source material is different it's not a book it's a comic book it's not a word book. You don't get to own superheroes and just say they only stay in comic yeah, books. I know. It's just... It's so... I kind of want his movie to do bad. <laughs> and I'm kind of thinking it will, if it's as fucked up as his brain is. I will never forget, I spent Easter one year in, in Chicago after going to a concert the day before, and my friend and I went to a bar, and the guy was watching, like, Alan Moore's Manifesto, essentially on the TV and it was like the <laughs> I can't I just I don't know what's wrong with him <laughs> <laughs> like the more we watched it the more we were like what the fuck and even whilst we were drinking you would think like the more dr- drunk you got the more you could understand Alan Moore that is not the case I don't think it matters what state of mind you're in never understand that wizard <laughs> <laughs> well uh Speaking of superhero movies and everything, we've already speculated and we kind of know some things that are coming out, but specifically some tie-ins to a couple different things. WandaVision, we know, is going to deal with some crazy things going on with her head, and we all are thinking that she's going to mess up with some reality-type stuff. We have the Doc Strange movie in the Multiverse of Madness, which has her with him. Mm-hmm. So we see that's probably going to be them fixing what she messed up probably from the series. Again, not 100% sure, but we can speculate enough. But we've also talked about if the next Spider-Man movie is going to be a Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And they have recently uh, casted uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbund. <laughs> to, um, but Cumberbatch is going to be Doctor Strange. And... That right there kind of ties into the theory of this probably will be a multiverse thing, which I think I didn't think they needed to. They, I it would, I want it. I'm not saying I don't want it, right? But again, if we have the cartoons doing that story and everything, cool. But if this movie ties into some other Spider Man universes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it does a couple things that helps out Marvel and Sony, they can then say. There are multiple Spider-Mans. Yes. Uh, because, again, uh, with what how Venom went and everything, 
you can't have that. I, I just don't feel that that ties in with the same type of Tom Holland Spider-Man. It feels more like a Tobey Maguire's sort of, or even Andrew Garfield a little bit. Yeah. Like, and those they could cast those people as their Spider-Man right. in that Sony Universe stuff, but leave Tom Holland here in the MCU, and then you don't have to be like it's connected in this way, but it's right. not all flowing in. And also. I could totally, totally see within the Multiverse of Madness them revisiting some of the other Hulks and mm. saying how those Hulks... Because we all kind of want to pretend that everything can kind of flow. They're just different actors. The but owned by Sony? No, but I'm saying like just in, in general for those... Like oh. Blade is not part of the MCU either. Right. But you can still say like there was a Blade universe right. that didn't have mutants and everything going on because obviously they never mentioned like S.H.I.E.L.D. or anything or Avengers when vampires are taking over, like, New York. Right. But that's its own pocket universe, and I could see that being a very big movie for the MCU to say, but this is our MCU stories, and you're going to know which ones are there, Mm -hmm. but these are tied in in a way, and then we get to the Sony Spider-Verse where they're there, and hopefully they cast some of the other Spider-Men to interact at points. It'd be interesting. Tobey Maguire has not aged since those movies, so I think that he could get by <laughs> still looking like he's the... Well, even then, you can just age him a bit, but I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited because... I know, and when I brought this up last week, you were like, ugh, just because they cast the same person, Lindsay. <laughs> well, again, it, as I said, all Electros could look like Jamie Foxx. <laughs> But now I'm I'm more than thinking they truly picked it, him because that's the Andrew Garfield yes. Electro. And if that somehow... Also hearing they might finally get the, the Sinister Six and maybe they do pick a few. Maybe they take the Vulture from... Because right. at the end of the, the Tom Holland one, that's the Vulture that I enjoy now. Do you think we'll ever get a wrap-up for that stupid fucking Caterpillar? What caterpillar? The caterpillar at the end of the Spider-Man movie. I don't remember. You don't remember the caterpillar at the end of the movie in the Mm-mm. jail cell? What were the Michael... talking caterpillar? Oh no! <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the that's Uatu. That's the guy telling the story. I mean, literally, nothing has happened with that since. So I, you know, what what was that? Will it? Will there be a resolution to that? <laughs> I don't know, but it it just has me excited to, again, then it makes you want to watch some of these other movies that maybe you haven't watched, and they tie in in a certain way. So what multiverses are so good at. I know. I'm excited for them to do it right, and I'm nervous that they're going to do it wrong, just like with Flashpoint. I'm it's never nervous thing. with what Marvel is doing. Yeah. I get nervous with what Sony will be doing, but again, this is a the third Spider-Man Tom Holland movie, so I have a feeling with they have an overall plan. They they have their you know Kevin Feige, their Hickman to oversee these things. I everything that they did going up to. I'm an idiot. What they're talking caterpillar was in Shazam, not Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> Then yes, they're not going to address that, oh, Liz. God. I really thought it was Spider-Man. I was going to say, at the end of that, they, they showed Vulture. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I want to say it was... Um, Wasn't it Nor uh, Didn't Norman come visit him? No, uh, they had uh, someone in this jail cell that was a scorpion. Mm. Um, Trask, I forget his first... No, it wasn't even Trask, it was the other one. The more insane, newer scorpion. But regardless... Didn't they introduce... Um, was it... The Rhino. Was that in the Andrew Garfield movies? Paul yes, Giamatti? with the robot suit yeah. one. Which was good. It was alright. It was just a little end. I, I love Paul Giamatti, though. That's my... I want him... <laughs> He, like, he signed up for that thinking he was going to come back and be in this giant Sinister Six movie, and then it never happened. So. Wouldn't it be great, though, if they truly took these actors that have already been, they just haven't leaked their names yet. Yeah. Or still trying yeah. to work out on how they go. I know that they've started Spidey, or started shooting Spider-Man, uh, I want to say this week, hmm. in New York, because someone took a picture of, like, the set, uh, the streets, get your cars off them, and they're... the. All movies have nicknames to not give away what right. the movie is. Working titles. That's called it's Serenity. <laughs> so Serenity now Seinfeld. They're making another Seinfeld episode. Um, but yeah. Uh, so if you do enjoy Marvel and you want to be a part of Marvel, we have the new Modoc show coming out. That's only through today, though. The contest is it? Yeah, I don't. So don't bother announcing it because no one's oh. going to be able to sign up for it. You can tell them what it is, though. I didn't know that was just through today. I guess I'll have to, after we finish the podcast, yeah. try to do something. <laughs> <coughs> but they're doing, um, on Twitter, you can um, hashtag to Modoc Hulu and with 25 words or less, um, you know, talk about, um, you know, your best caption for the, the, the show and mm. you could be drawn into the show as a character. That would be fun. Yeah, you have until... If you have figured out time travel and can go into the past and do not enter this contest, then you are more than welcome to do that. But it ends October 11th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So we get a couple more hours. See, I wish they would do... There's been plenty of times where when we find announcements for these contests, and it's too short of a time. Like Yeah, it was. this was announced on the 9th. So you literally get, like, three days yeah. to do it. I well, mean... sucks for those people, but... Didn't we have a whole episode about MODOK? We should go back to lis and listen to that and come up with ideas, because there was some gold in that episode. <laughs> I know there was. That was when Derek, when young Neil was still here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Booze in the Book this week is going to be another Choose Your Own. Choose Your Own Book. And, and booze, because uh, I was originally going to you know, talk about Swamp Thing a bit and uh, pair it with uh, a cider, and you had a better idea, because there, there wasn't so many Halloween books out this week, but I know next week there's going to be some more. Mm -hmm. Always the holidays, there's Christmas specials and summer specials, and obviously Halloween is a big one. We'll probably get another Batman, you know, 100-page story of Gotham and all that and Arkham. So, with that, we have some books that we truly enjoyed that are kind of horror Halloween-ish type. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> so, my, I, have, I have my top four. Um, my number one is Ice Cream Man. Again, over and over and over again. My favorite series. They're all super creepy. I've never read a book and been so utterly creeped out by it as I have with Ice Cream Man. So, that's one of mine. Uh, Afterlife with Archie. 
is another one. That's hands down if, if I'm going to pick horror. Yeah. Super good. You could also go Chilean Adventures of Sabrina, but I think Afterlife with Archie really had the... Put the nail in the coffin on that one. Yeah. Um, Witches from Scott Snyder and Jock. That came out a couple years ago. Still such a really good book. If you haven't read it, look for it. Pick it up. And then Bodies, which I can guarantee you most people didn't read. So this was from... Um, Vertigo, and it came out from Cy Spencer. It it's it, oh god, it was such a awesomely complicated, weird period, but also current time sort of story. Really freaky and creepy. Um, I just loved it so much. So those are those are my four. I mean, I don't. Some of those I enjoy too. I'm just gonna kind of throw out some other ones that you can kind of. I feel like are in that realm that people should check out. Like Swamp Thing is obviously one For of sure. them. Read some of the Swamp Things the in the swamp, past. Specifically the Alan Moore Swamp Thing um, where his his girlfriend dies and he takes over Gotham. That is one of the best Swamp Thing stories of all time. Um, I would also feel like, and it's not really Halloween, but it's kind of horror and some of the things, Lucifer, mm-hmm. any of the series uh, that can be a little more adult. Uh Want to say a little bit of anything with Dream, like anything Sandman uh, related, mm-hmm. is pretty good. Sure, I know it's not really horror, but it's a great series that people check out. Still, Wicked and Divine. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, it's more gods and everything. But... Great costume ideas in that book. If you want to get on, get your nerd on. Uh, Ghostbusters has been fun, and I mean, really, there's so many different things, uh, different issues from the past. So kind of, like I said, pick your favorite yeah. and pick your favorite uh, fall drink. Mm-hmm. There's tons of pumpkin beers. Uh-huh. There's tons of ciders. Like oh, Apple Jacks. Apple Jacks. Just, just some cider with some uh, whiskey. Ah, ah, I see. I didn't know that had a specific name. I thought Apple Jacks was actually a liquor. Isn't it? Nope. Uh, one of my friends actually uh, introduced me to... This car, uh, I want to say it's, um, I don't know what brand it is. It's a caramel vodka with uh, apple juice mm. or apple cider. Tastes like caramel apple. Yeah. It's pretty smooth. That does sound good. So, yeah, so this is us uh, kind of not really picking anything this week for Booze in a Book, but to kind of just say, hey, yeah, it's Halloween time. There's a book coming out next week, so I'm we're, we're taking a brief hiatus for the next... For the main podcast, Tony might be throwing some other stuff out there, but the the dynamic duo here will be on hiatus for a couple of weeks. But there is a book coming out next week called Dracula Motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Pick that one up too. It, it, it's a graphic novel, um, but it looks awesome, and I'm totally gonna check it out when it comes out. <laughs> All right, yeah. And as Lynn said, uh, we're kind of taking a small uh, break for certain things uh, going on in our lives, but I'm trying to work on doing some things uh, to at least have something along the lines coming out, yeah. so it's not a huge break. We have one in the pocket already. Yes. And uh, I forgot to mention the phone number, so if you listen all this way through, call Tony Stark at 212-970-4133. It's, it's funny. It's I love it when there's real things that you can call. Yeah. I mentioned it back in the spring when uh, Free Guy uh, oh, had had that, had that one, yeah. and I called too. And 
it's just good marketing and it's just it's fun it's the small little easter eggs it and it's well it's just a, like donny donny cates didn't have to put a real phone number on there and they didn't have to do a voicemail that it went to but yeah. they did and that's you know sometimes this the even the thought behind it is is nice um with that like i said we may be off for a little bit so but we're off all the time actually <laughs> <laughs> so at least giving a heads up to everyone just please go vote that's we don't get into politics we're not going to say which way you should go um we have our feelings but we don't want to always throw them out there to everyone because we read comics to escape yes and so we don't want you to be offended by how you should escape life but be part of democracy go vote we haven't said it yet but vote. i want to really say that now vote motherfuckers stay thirsty for democracy I'm real thirsty for democracy. <laughs> Give me that democracy. <laughs> Just chug it on down. Bring the Constitution bong. 